Welcome to another edition of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting from the new Cellmark Studios. Colleen Daniel is here, social distancing from home today. Along with the entire About Mansfield news team, we thank you for being here today. Coming up on this episode, it's the final day of campaign 2020 in Mansfield, and we have in-studio interviews with candidates who are running for mayor, as well as Mansfield news, sports, and weather for the upcoming week. And as always, we will conclude this episode with the trivia question of the week for a $25 gift card to Poured the Wine Bar. Let's take a look at the stories we've been covering this week. This week, the COVID-19 epidemic appears to be increasing its spread in Mansfield. In sports... It was a light football schedule for Mansfield ISD teams the past week. We'll see who won, and we'll see who plays next in sports. It's time to come clean about a couple of things. I'm Home Improvement Specialist Terry Radswin, and we'll do that a little bit later on in the show. Alexa is here with the seven-day forecast, and Campaign 2020 in Mansfield concludes with candidate interviews from mayoral candidates Brent Newsom, Michael Evans, and Terry Moore. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Hi, this is Tamara Bounds. For nearly a decade, I have worked with Mansfield citizens, city staff, multiple boards, commissions, and council members to bring good solutions to our challenges. That's why I'm running for Mansfield City Council Place 2. As your council representative, you can count on me to be your voice, to understand matters that are important to you, your family, and your business. And now is the time to make good use of our remaining vacant land, maintain fiscal responsibility while expanding taxpayer relief. We need to find lasting solutions to our growing infrastructure needs and recruit sustainable businesses that will provide higher wage jobs that give Mansfield a competitive edge over bordering cities. On November the 3rd, I am asking you to vote for Tamara Bounds for Mansfield City Council Place 2. For more information, visit my website, TamaraBoundsForCityCouncil.com. Paid for by Tamara Bounds Campaign. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family, and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local, as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com paid political ad by the Brent Newsom campaign. Hi, this is Brent Newsom, candidate for mayor. I love Mansfield. I grew up here and I'm raising my family here. There is no other place I'd rather be. I'm running for mayor to protect our quality of life. Mansfield is the only home I've ever known. I've watched it grow from a town that I could ride my bike across as a child into a bustling city of almost 85,000 people. Mansfield has given me so much and it's my duty to give back. As a local banker, I help businesses grow and create jobs every day. As your next mayor, I will use the same common sense business practices to lower taxes and help our economy recover. Since you elected me to city council, I have been working to lower the taxes on homeowners by growing the commercial tax base. And you know what? That is working and it is paying off. 
We have just passed the city's first ever homestead exemption. Next, we're going to be cutting the tax rate. Because of our sound fiscal policy and smart planning, Mansfield is actually cutting taxes and fully funding our police, while other cities are raising taxes and defunding police. This is Brent Newsom for mayor, asking for your vote. Introducing Cold Hammer Stills. What is Cold Hammer Stills? It's a 70-proof chocolate cappuccino liqueur that's been distilled six times with a balanced blend of coffee, light cinnamon, and cocoa to create an enticing, robust flavor. Here, try some. Oh my gosh, Becky, 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 come here. You have to try this. Ooh, what the? This is so delicious. I've never had anything like this. I need to have some more of this. Find Cold Hammer Stills. Find liqueurs at Total Wine and More or your favorite package store. Ask for it by name. Hi, I'm Corinne Fiagami, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. This portion of the news is brought to you by Ohana Screen Printing. The COVID-19 epidemic appears to be increasing its spread in Mansfield. About Mansfield's roving science reporter, Dennis Webb, has the story. Thanks, Steve. In Mansfield, the epidemic appears to be back on an increasing trend, not going down. Reminder, as a city in Tarrant County, we are still under County Judge Glenn Whitley's executive order declaring a local public health disaster for the county. Judge Whitley and our local public health team do not think we have beaten the virus yet. On Monday, October 19th, Tarrant County reported 1,408 Mansfieldians as having tested positive, 1,173 are estimated to have recovered, and 28 citizens have died since the start. From these three numbers, we can determine the following. We had 108 new cases this past week, higher than recent weeks, though still lower than our peak in early August. Four new cases are in the part of the town that is in Johnson County, and one is in Ellis County. Again, additional increasing trends. We had no new COVID-19 deaths reported in Mansfield this past week. The county estimates that there are 235 active cases in Mansfield, that is, 235 fellow citizens who could pass the virus to another citizen if they aren't quarantining. This is a big increase over recent weeks, suggesting increasing spread of the virus. Last week, Mansfield ISD reported 18 new cases among staff, an increase over last week, and 19 new cases among students, about the same as last week. Most of these cases have been in the high schools. You can check the MISD website for reports for each school. The county saw an average of 557 new cases a day last week, a notable increase. The test positivity rate for the county remains stubbornly at 12%, suggesting we are not testing enough to contain the virus, though countywide testing increased to an average of five, over 5,000 tests a day this past week. Countywide hospitalization has increased to an average of 423 citizens in a hospital bed with a virus each day, a bad trend, nearly twice what we were seeing in September. The county reported nine deaths this past week, the lowest number we have seen since June, the one encouraging trend. Another troubling number from Tarrant County, of the almost 60,000 cases discovered in the county since the start, the county has not been able to determine how 71% of them got the virus. So the county still judges that the epidemic is in substantial community spread locally. The job of contact tracing over 500 new cases each day appears to have overwhelmed the county staff, and the state of Texas contact tracing initiatives has not been effective in our county. This is significant because to get to containment and back to normal, conventionally, we need each of the infected person's contacts to quarantine, the best way to keep the daily and weekly numbers close to zero, 
thereby containing the virus. This increasing trend is concerning even though these numbers are still small compared to our population. The increase suggests that more citizens are tired of the precautions allowing the virus to spread among other citizens and risking a local exponential spread that can overwhelm the hospitals. We're not there yet. To get back closer to normal, we have to drive these weekly numbers to zero, as some counties in Texas have done. We can get to containment if every one of us follows the recommendations of our state and county leaders. When you're out and about, keep your distance from other people and wear a mask. Wash your hands a lot, avoid crowds, and if you're old or sick, stay at home as much as you can. It is not yet time to let down our protective measures. Some reflections. I do this weekly report because I'm an old guy, particularly vulnerable to a bad outcome if I get the virus. While in Tarrant County, only 10% of the cases are over 65, it's easier for us retired people to stay home, 71% of the deaths are persons my age or older. If you or I get the virus, we'll probably catch it from someone in our town or county, so I recommend paying attention to local trends and local civic guidance. The national and international story, while interesting, has a lesser effect on our own local risk. As an engineering reflex, I look to numerical trends when I have a concern, and I would be doing this anyway, even if I wasn't on a podcast. As always, we welcome any science questions from listeners. Put the questions in an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. Reporting from the science desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Let's check sports with Tommy Cummings. What was a light schedule for Mansfield ISD football teams the past week? Timberview celebrated homecoming with a 27-18 win over Cleburne at Vernon Newsom Stadium. Timberview improved to 3-0. The Wolves got two early touchdowns from Deuce Jones to win the District 5-5A Division II game. There are two Thursday games this week. Mansfield High will be taking on Waco Midway at Vernon Newsom Stadium, and Timberview will be visiting Burleson. Both games start at 7 p.m. On Friday, Legacy will face Red Oak at Newsom Stadium, and Summit will go to Burleson to face Centennial. Both games start at 7 o'clock. Also, Lake Ridge takes a short bus ride to Cedar Hill for a 7.30 game. That's it for Sports in Mansfield. If you have any sports news, let us know. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Tommy Cummings. It's time for the Ask Terry Do-It-Yourself Home Improvement feature. Terry Radswin is our resident home improvement specialist, and he answers your questions about the place that you call home. Terry? This week we have a question from Vanessa who writes... I started smelling a burnt rubber odor coming from our front load washing machine this morning. I turned it off because I didn't want to start a fire. Any thoughts on what is wrong and how to go about fixing it? Thanks for the question, Vanessa, and it's a good one. Of course, I'm glad you shut the machine down and I hope you unplugged it as well. With most machinery, the first thing you think of when you experience a burnt rubber smell is a belt of some kind. However, most newer front-load washers have direct-drive motors, which means that it's not a belt that's the troublemaker. That's unfortunate because a belt is pretty easy for a do-it-yourselfer to change on a top-load machine or the older front-loaders that had belt-drive instead of direct-drive, as well as on a dryer. So we've got to dig a little deeper into the machine, and that's where it gets complicated for the consumer who wants to try to save some important dollars and fix the problem on their own. My guess would be that the source of the rubber smell is likely a seal or a gasket somewhere inside the motor or on the bearings of the drum that's broken or gotten loose and is chafing against another part. That causes friction, which causes heat, which causes the burning rubber odor. 
I watched a few videos on how to replace some of those seals, having never had to do it myself, and it looks like you've got to take most of the machine apart to get to those bearings. In short, it's a pretty tough job. While I truly do believe that homeowners can do a lot of projects themselves, this is one I'd probably turn over to a specialist unless you're extremely well-versed in appliance repair. There's a safety factor to be considered here both in the course of making the repair and obviously with the function of the machine after the repair has been made. On the upside, front load washers are expensive for a reason. They're made to last for many years, and in general, they do just that. I'm old enough to remember when front loaders were the washer of choice in the United States before top loaders started taking over the market because they did an okay job of washing clothes at a lower price. But the rest of the world has embraced the front loader because it does a better job of cleaning, is gentler on clothing, and saves on water and energy. Like all machinery, they have parts in them that are, for the lack of a better word, sacrificial. They're designed to wear out over time and be replaced. Seals and gaskets are among them. Rubber becomes brittle and starts to crack with age and heat, and so we have to perform some maintenance on front load washers and change out those parts to ensure a long life for the machine. Call our repair service, Vanessa. Get that bad boy fixed, and you should get many years of life out of it. Got a question about your home or the stuff inside it? Shoot it to me. You can email me through the podcast or visit my Facebook page at Ask Terry AM Podcast or my Twitter page at Ask Terry AM Pod. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Home Improvement Specialist Terry Radswin. If you have a home improvement question, you can send an email to askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that's askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Terry will tackle another home improvement question next week. Saturday is Make a Difference Day, which brings community service to a whole new level each year. Organizations join forces on the fourth Saturday in October to make a difference, big or small. Millions of people have united in the common mission to improve the lives of others. It's only the giving that makes you what you are. Let's see if it'll be a good day weather-wise to mow your neighbor's lawn. Alexa? In Mansfield for the next seven days. On Wednesday, it should be sunny, with clouds on Thursday. Expect stormy weather on Friday, with clouds again Saturday through Tuesday. Daytime highs will range between 54 and 88 degrees Fahrenheit, peaking on Thursday. 54 degrees on Tuesday, it may be time to take out your winter clothes. According to Tarrant Regional Water District, Mansfield lawns could use a quarter inch of water this week. Shaded areas may even need a little less. Cooler temperatures reduce the need for water, but rain has been sparse for a few weeks. A cold front may bring below normal temperatures next week, and it may be good to start prepping outdoor pipes for winter. To see a map of watering recommendations for North Texas, log on to waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, when we switch from news to talk, Campaign 2020 in Mansfield concludes with in-studio interviews with mayoral candidates chosen at random, Brent Newsom, Michael Evans, and Terry Moore. Incidentally, About Mansfield reached out to candidate George Fassett both by email and in person on a number of occasions requesting an interview. We are saddened that Mr. Fassett missed the opportunity. Stay with us. I'm Steve Casillo with Colleen Daniel and the entire news team. This is About Mansfield. 
mother of three Mansfield students, wife, former teacher, and entrepreneur, I'm Corinne Fiagami, and my husband and I are extremely grateful for the teachers, staff, and administrators who make our district a destination for quality education. Our schools consistently score high marks on state accountability ratings. Many of our facilities are state-of-the-art, and our district and school leadership teams are committed to increasing the academic, social, emotional, and physical health of our children. As a school board member, I intend to make sure that all of our district-wide assets continue to serve our community's needs with excellence. That's why I'm here, to ask for your vote for MISD School Board of Trustees Place 7. We must ensure all of our children receive the benefits of access to an excellent education. I'm Corinne Fiagami, and not only do I approve this message, I invite you to learn more at CorinneForMISD.com. Pay for by Corinne Fiagami for Mansfield ISD School Board. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce our weekly About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great local shows, such as Ask Philip, The Face-Off Spot, and Daughter of the Other Woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio from Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need the help from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway, just off of 287 in Mansfield. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. That's podcastmansfield.com. I believe that we should treat others the way we want to be treated. I became an attorney to fight for fairness in our system, but there's a lot of work to be done. As your state representative, I'll fight for equal pay and to protect our health care coverage. I'll fight to fund our public schools and not rush to reopen them. Let's make sure every Texan has the opportunity they deserve. That's fair. I'm Joe Drago, and I would be honored to have your vote. Political advertising paid for by Joe Drago for state representative. Hey, Mansfield. Did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, and today is the last day of campaign 2020 here in Mansfield on the podcast. And that means uh, we have finally come to the mayoral interviews here on the podcast. Here in the studio today, we do have uh, a mayoral candidate, and he is the first of uh, several that that are going to be aired today. Let's welcome Brent Newsom to About Mansfield. Thank you, Steve. Glad to be here. It is uh, a pleasure to have you in the studio. For those of you not familiar with Brent Newsom, uh, Brent, uh, let's start with an introduction. Who is Brent Newsom, and why are you running for mayor? Sure, Steve. Uh, For those that don't know, uh, yeah, 
Brent Newsom. I've been on council now for about eight years. Um, married to my wonderful wife, Michelle. We have two daughters, Madison and Reagan. Madison recently graduated from Stephen F. Austin University. And my youngest daughter, Reagan, is a sophomore out at Texas Tech. Uh, the reason I'm running is I've, I think we've accomplished quite a bit, especially in this last, last year on council. And I think that there's a lot more still to do. And I believe that I'm the best person to help lead that lead that march. What are some of the accomplishments that uh, that you're most particularly proud of within the past eight years? Sure, sure. One of the things that we have been able to focus on is, you know, over over the last number of years, as Mansfield uh, has grown, it's always been a bedroom community where, as a city, you know, your revenue comes from homeowners and their and their taxes that they pay for their for their homes. And we've been able to sort of start that process of moving the burden of taxes away from homeowners. So we've developed a plan and it is definitely starting to work. And it's working in the sense that we are growing our tax base uh, outside of the homeowners. We are in increasing our retail, commercial, industrial pieces, and even sales tax that is allowing us to use those funds instead of just the burden on the homeowners. And as a result, we've been able to this last year offer our very first homestead exemption, which was 10%. In addition to that, we offered a or have budgeted in the next year a two cent sales tax rate reduction. So that not only impacts the homeowners, but it also helps business owners and inside the city. And explain to the listeners what the what the tax reduction is. You mentioned the two percent. Sure. So how does that affect uh, Joe Smith that lives here in Mansfield? Sure. Well, homestead exemption is you know ten percent off the value of your home as far as where the calculation starts, but the two cent tax rate reduction applies to the amount the city assesses per $100 value. So so when you're looking at our, our rate at 0.71, which it has been previously, we lowered it down to 0.69. The commercials that you're running here on About Mansfield, and by the way, thank you for being a sponsor. Uh, sure. Glad to be. Says that, that you, you grew up in Mansfield. You, you used to ride your bike around here uh, I, I did, I did, and and I, I think my family's getting tired of hear, t- me telling that story. But <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's one of those things, you know. You have certain memories as a child growing up, and you know whether it's you know riding your bike across town way before. I mean, Mansfield was small back then. I mean, our fast food restaurant was Dairy Queen. Yeah, that was it. There were way before the McDonald's, way before or anything like that. So you know, you could ride you know, five, 10 miles from your house and not even think twice about it. And, you know, you had your group of friends that you hung out with, sort of got up, went around, came back before the sun went down, mm-hmm. hopefully. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, that's the way you, you when spent the, When the day. street lights go on, it's time to be... Uh, At least, least start heading home for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what was Mansfield like back then? We were a small rural community. I mean, yeah. back when we first moved here, there was approximately 7,500 people in the city. Uh, I was two years old at the time, but uh, my dad was a defensive backs coach for Mansfield High at and when it was a 3A school district. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, everybody in Arlington thought Mansfield was out in the sticks. And now, obviously, it's hard to distinguish between where Arlington ends and Mansfield starts, except for obvious the obvious factors like the you know the little bit nicer medians and curbs and 
and so forth. You mentioned your dad. Uh, he is, um, his legacy lives on by way of a stadium. Yes. And, and what does that mean to you and your family? Well, I mean, it, it, it was, it's a great honor. Uh, you know, the stadium was built while he was superintendent. They uh, named the stadium after him right before his, his or made the announcement right before his retirement. Uh, when when he came here back as superintendent in 96, there was still just one high school. Mm-hmm. And he was able to help grow Mansfield ISD from one high school to five. And that was a tremendous growth on and, and challenges in and of itself. Uh, during the mid '90s and early 2000s, so the stadium means a lot to you. It does. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where you see his, you see his name and his, you know, and, it, and it's a legacy, and it, you know, it's a lot to follow in, in the sense that you know, my dad all, always instilled the virtue of giving back to your community, and that's what I am, you know, contr- continuing to try to live up to and um, meet that goal. What's your favorite park in Mansfield? I know there's well, a lot of them. There, there's a lot. So I, so I hate to, to try to, um, I could say the linear trail system and that, and that sort of encompasses quite a few parks. Uh, I, I really enjoy our, our new dog park. I think that was a great add to, uh, the city of Mansfield. Uh, you know, parks can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And, and as a, as a council and as a city, you want to, you can't always meet everybody's you know, goals or needs, but you try to have a good diversity of, of opportunities for everybody to be involved in some aspect, whether it's something like a dog park, Oliver Nature Park, the linear trail or, or the ball fields, whatever it may be. Right. You want to make sure you have a diverse variety of systems within inside your city that, you know, most of your residents are able to, you know, take advantage of. I can give a first, uh, firsthand account that both of my dogs love man's best field yeah there there is a one i mean it, it's exciting because it, it, it's a beautiful piece of property ultimately the linear trail will tie into to that section uh at the at the base near walnut creek and it'll be a trailhead uh you know here in the near future we're going to have a ribbon cutting uh for the man house which is also right next to the dog park and it, it is a it's a really neat view into our history uh discussing with the um, company that was doing the renovations you know uh, they they disclosed to us that you know looking at the inside because it was original was you know a log cabin and fairly soon after the log cabin was built they added you know plaster and so forth right. so so the logs and the chinking itself were really well preserved they said it's probably in the top five for sure in the entire state of Texas as far as well preserved log cabin and i've heard that it's it's very rare for a city now to have to still have the original home of of the city's founder. Yeah, it, it is, and our ultimate goal is to you know to make that a museum where it's accessible to you know all the citizens. We also have the opportunity to um, continue to bring some you know more old buildings to that location uh, down the road as far um, when funding allows. But uh, but ultimately, it, the goal is to make that location a place where people can look back to the history of Mansfield and have that connection. As mayor, if elected as mayor, what uh, changes would you like to see in Mansfield? Changes can mean a, you know, a lot of different things. Sure. I, I think a couple of key aspects that we are uh, have been working through in our budgetary process. I know we've talked about the, the homestead exemption and the tax rate. We, 
in our existing budgetary process and planning that we've been working on, not only are we going to offer that 10%, but within the next two years, we'll get to the 20% state maximum. Whether that's 10% this next year or whether it's 5%, then 5%, we will get there. And then that, that comes with a lot of planning and a lot of work with, you know, city, you know, all the city departments, uh, city management, council. Uh, we've been able to accomplish current, um, you know, increase or homestead exemptions and tax rate reductions without impacting city services. I mean, we're adding fire, we're adding police, we're building another fire station, we're remodeling our police station. So those are a lot of great goals. In in a near term immediacy, one a couple of things I think we can definitely help improve prove on is our you know communication. Right. I know um, our city manager Joe Smolinski has. Um, put out some videos that um, allude to some programs that we're going to start, that we're in the process of developing. I was, uh, myself and um, Councilman Wayman visited some other cities to get a feel for what those projects were, which is developing. Right now we have a fire uh, academy, a police academy, but we're going to looking at developing a civic academy. So that helps bring in individuals that get a little bit better feel and, and basically have a sort of, as we continue to grow, we need to have a, a training route for people who are interested in getting involved and in giving back to the city. And I think programs like that will definitely help that engagement. So, uh, so almost like a leadership Mansfield type of? Sure, sure. Very, okay. very, very similar, which, you know, I'm a, a proud alumni of. Uh, I'm, how, I'm class three. Class the best, three. The, the best class. <laughs> yes, we're, we were all the blessed best class, <laughs> <laughs> as, as Dick made sure that, yes. we, that, we, that we repeated on a regular basis. <laughs> but um, the, a couple of other things I think we can do is, you know, developing, you know, a little bit better communication, you know, through the citizenry. And, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is, you know, there's some opportunity out there to take advantage of existing organizations such as HOAs, either bringing them in or going to them in a way on a quarterly or biannual basis to sort of, to at least get information out because the most difficult thing from a city's perspective and even council's perspective is making sure that the information that is out there is, is good and accurate. And, uh, you know, once you, information is so important and, and you want to make sure that the, you know, the people that are part of the city are aware and informed. Uh, the other thing, you know, if elected mayor, the very one of the very first things I think we should establish would be a uh, student mayor's council. And what that would be is a way to engage the students in MISD mm-hmm. to bring them in and be a part of the city government. Because getting an engage, getting engagement at an early age and having us and just making it to where it's not so city government, which is the most impactful to people's everyday lives, sort of demystifying that in a way that allows um, that understanding to start at a younger and younger age to where, you know, there's a lot of opportunities out there, but, you know, maybe city government is, you know, an opportunity that, you know, as students haven't thought of before, but this will definitely be a gateway for that. That's outstanding. I, I went through speech and debate when I was in high school, but never really considered city uh, city management or or municipal uh what was government i mean government. i mean there's there's multi i mean there's all sorts of facets i mean e- e- whether you're whether you think about i mean it's not really political science but i mean there's city management there's engineers you know also right. you know water department all all of those are very high 
level positions that, you know, most people and most students might not be aware of those opportunities. Let's talk about apartments. Sure. Do we have enough apartments in town? Are there, uh, are there too many apartments in town? Uh, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say we need more, but I keep hearing people say we need less or no more. Your thoughts on where are we with apartments and where are we going? Well, apartments, you know, obviously are, you know, a high profile subject. Right. Uh, right now, I think personally in the city of Mansfield, the, any, any existing zoning we have, uh, is more than enough for meeting that need in the future. The key thing you have to, be concerned about uh, when apartments come in is, you know, infrastructure and making sure that there is enough infrastructure to meet that um, development. Uh, right now, there's approximately um, 4,500 units on the ground, which includes around, oh, I would say 600 or so senior living, right? Senior living units. Uh, then there's about 1,100 or so that have zoning entitlement uh, or under construction. Uh, and then there's some additional zoning entitlement. Uh, I, I just don't anticipate, you know, myself and or a dish or any council members being willing to go out and say, okay, here, let's rezone a non multifamily piece of property to multifamily. Uh, it, it just in, in our community, it doesn't make, make sense. The one of the key points that the council has really um, driven home for any of the existing projects that we've approved, you know, that it's part of a larger scope where like the, like the ones that are coming around, uh, Mauser way, uh, mm-hmm. in business 287, that, that particular location has some senior living, some market rate apartments, homes, townhomes, 10 acre park. So those types of projects in my view are a little different than a strictly zoned apartment, uh, Apartment. And there'll be some retail there, right? Oh, yeah. Retail uh, restaurants, exactly, yeah. um, as, as far as part of that development. And, uh, you know, I think it, you know, locations and information like that is only going to help to improve our historic downtown and the walkability, and the, you know, that location. Um, that's a really key, key point to, to distinguish. And, and a lot of people might not be aware is, you know, one of the things the council has driven home is that those market rate apartments are, are generally just one and two bedroom units. They're not three bedroom units. I mean, less than 5% are you know, even eligible to have a three bedroom unit. Term limits. Are you in favor of term limits? Personally, I, th- I think term limits are based on when you're voted in or out. I mean, the, okay. those come up every, every time when you're reelected, you know, to some extent, I think history and understanding and experience makes a difference. You and one of your contemporaries are really taking a, a high risk by running for mayor because you're already on the council. What can you bring to the council as mayor that you cannot bring to the council as a current councilman? It's a good question because ultimately each the mayor's one vote, just like everybody else is. I mean, sure. there are some ceremonial differences between the mayor and the um, council members, and there's some specifics that come in during emergency management similar to what we've dealt with with COVID with, you know, as far as a responsibility of the mayor um, outside of, you know, the council. But those ultimately, if there's any resolutions that are initiated, they still have to come back to full council within a limited time frame for, for overall approval. The, one of the things I think is important to 
for a mayor is, you know, to be able to build a consensus among your council members. Cause you, I mean, not everybody is always going to agree. Um, you know, everybody has their own personality or, or ideas or, or thoughts on a, on a particular, um, issue. But building that consensus among your council members is important. I know, uh, and I believe I've earned the respect of my existing council members, our current staff, even previous staffs, uh, that I had the respect of being a very, you know, level head, thoughtful, um, council member, and I will bring that uh, in as a mayor to the city. Um, also, as a mayor, you want to you want to work on you know what what can you bring or how do those relationships expand out beyond the city? Because there are some things that we always we always deal with that aren't, aren't always local. So you need to have, and I do have good relations with our existing county and state legislatures, and I also believe that you know, having relationships with inside the business community is important as well. All right, Brent, you're, you're at Lone Star Park. You've got your racing form. It's a four horse race. You got Michael Evans, you got George Fassett, you got Terry Moore, and you've got Brent Newsom right there in the starting gate. You've got your racing form. You've got, who's the favorite and who's the 40 to one long shot? Well, I think we all or good candidates. I'm not, I'm not, not going to try to dismiss somebody's ability to run for mayor. I, th- I think they're all, I think we're all good candidates. I, I personally, I know obviously feel like, you know, I'm the best candidate for the position. Uh, I expect to win, uh, with a four, four horse race, um, in our election cycle. It's, it's difficult for one person to, uh, first time around outpace everybody. I suspect there'll be a runoff, but I'm also, somewhat confident that, you know, there's opportunity to win it straight up. So, you know, I I think we all bring different positions and different thoughts. I think my experience is important. Uh, I think it makes a difference at this, at this position. And uh, that's what I'm counting on. If someone wants more information about Brent Newsom, where can they find it? Sure. The best place to go to find information about me is um, Newsom for Mansfield. And that's um, Newsom, N-E-W-S-O-M, the number four, Mansfield. Newsom, N-E-W-S-O-M. Right. No E. <laughs> You'll still find it. I, I mean, you can, you can search Brent Newsom. I mean, it, it'll all come up uh, at this point on, on Google or whatever format. But the actual web address is Newsom4Mansfield.com. And again, that's the number four, not yes, F-O-R. Sir. The numeral four. Okay. Yes. Very good. Uh, is there anything uh, you would like to add before we say goodbye? No, not really. I just uh, thank you for this opportunity. I think it's an important venue uh, for all candidates um, that are running for office, no matter what, whether it is council, whether it's school board or mayor. It's 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 very uh, an important um, venue for us, you know, to be able to get our voices heard. Brent. Appreciate you coming in on being uh, and being on about Mansfield, and, and good luck on November third. Thank you. Appreciate your time. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Joseph Adams, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as campaign 2020 continues in Mansfield. And for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking to school board candidates, city council candidates. And today is a treat because today starts the mayoral candidate interviews. And uh, this is an exciting day because this is not only a day where we're going to be interviewing uh, mayoral candidates, but it's also 
my very first day, and actually this is my very first uh, interview, to be done in the the brand new location of Podcast Mansfield. Now, there may be a, a slight reverberation to my voice. The, the sound blankets are not up on the wall yet. In the studio today, running for mayor is Michael Levins. Michael, welcome back to About Mansfield. Good to be here, Steve. And... So not only is this, uh, again, day number one, this this interview, by the way, is being recorded on October 1st, and it is going to be played in in about three weeks, so uh, mid to late October. Uh, you are my first interview here in, in this room, so it's a, it's a pleasure and a treat and an honor. It is an honor for me. For you to be here. You're running for mayor, and we interviewed you back in, in March with the thought that the election was going to take place in May. And the coronavirus canceled all of that. It has been extended to November 3rd. And so for those who missed the interview back in March, uh, number one, and I've, I've watched you on a couple of forums on, online, uh, number one, you're not going to be limited to two minutes for your answers. All right. You're not going to be limited to 60 <clears throat> seconds for any rebuttal you have to your answers. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk for about 20 minutes. Good. Let's do it. And so when you're introducing yourself to the audience, if you want to take the entire 20 minutes to introduce yourself, we can just call it a day and get out of here. I won't do that. (laughs) So for the benefit of our listeners, who is Michael Evans? Why are you running for mayor? You know, my name is Michael Evans, and uh, I am Lisa's husband of 33 years. That is is my... A darling wife, and I am uh, a dad to uh, two grown boys. I've got a little grandbaby now who's 15 months old, Riley Rose uh, Evans. And uh, I tell you, I, I, I am blessed with the opportunity and have been to serve in this community, Steve, now for 31 years, 31 years. So I was telling somebody earlier today, as a matter of fact, in a forum, I was saying to them that I grew up, I had the opportunity as a young man uh, to come here in 1989 and uh, served as a minister at the Bethlehem Church. So so I kind of grew up uh, with uh, modern Mansfield. And and by that, I mean, uh, when I got here, our population was 15,000. Now, you know, you can hear a range from 75,000 to 82,000. So here I am in this city. People have uh, been so kind and have allowed me the opportunity to serve them. Uh, I've been in public service now for 13 uh, years. Uh, as a uh, school board member for 10 years. I served two terms as president of the school board, and a thumbs up to them. They are an awesome group of people. Uh, Not only that, but uh, I am presently serving uh, on the uh, Tarrant County College Board of Trustees, and I'm a regent uh, for Baylor University. And and you know what? I I tell you this. I am running uh, for mayor. Uh, One, my wife has made it clear, brother, if you become mayor, all that goes away. So everything that you heard me say that I was this and in that and in this and in that, that goes away. So it's uh, it'll become uh, a little different in regard to the ordering uh, of things. And uh, since uh, we are running for uh, offices that don't pay any money, uh, I'm going to continue uh, serving as the pastor of the Bethlehem Church. And uh, I appreciate them. So I'm running. I'm running because, uh, to be honest with you, I really want to uh, preserve uh, a way of life uh, that promotes a uh, safe and secure uh, city. And I mean that uh, for our young people, uh, as well as I like to call it our seasoned uh, citizens. <laughs> and uh, I also uh, want to help to develop a regional 
strategy uh, that pro- promotes Mansfield as a great place to live, learn, uh, and play. So, so all of that, you know, bear in mind, again, I, I, I've grown up here in regard to my adult life in service and otherwise, but also uh, I've had a chance to see Mansfield move or transition from a rural town, and it was. Now, listen, look, I'm a guy from Houston, Texas, so, yeah. you know, have mercy on me. It was a rural town when I got here. And, and now we are a suburban uh, town. And then I also think that we need to expand our view as to who we are, you know. And, and uh, when I mention transition, I mean that. Anytime you start growing be- beyond 50,000 and you're, as I said, almost 80-something thousand, right. you need to recognize yourself to be a lot more than just a, a little town uh, in the Metroplex. I believe we're in the garden spot of DFW, and um, I like to promote that and just make sure that uh, we take care of our citizens in making that happen. I heard you mention earlier in a forum today that uh, you and and one of your other opponents are on the outside looking in. We have, technically, okay, technically, um, yeah, and and so. With that, now you have a you have a tremendous amount of leadership uh, experience in the, in the community. You've not been on council. You've not been the mayor in the past. Um, what makes you the best candidate? You know, I have had the opportunity uh, to work behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a. Uh, I'm kind of in a funny place because I, I don't do, and, and I really mean this, uh, for folks out there listening who know me, I don't do I statements very well uh, because I've been uh, blessed with the opportunity, fortunate with the opportunity to work with uh, some awesome people. And, 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 and let me say this. I, I believe what, what makes me that qualified individual is uh, I've worked with about five mayors. Uh, uh, Clayton Chandler and I, of course, uh, developed an, an awesome relationship. I consider him to this day uh, a tutor of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, Joe Smolinski, uh, we work together on uh, other projects, and um, whether it's community development, I've worked with uh, members of the city staff. Uh, if, if we're talking about actually uh, building of homes, uh, you know, we, we've been a part of the building of those uh, 15 homes uh, in regard to uh, just taking care of senior adults here. Uh, we built a 135,000 square foot uh, wow, uh, senior living <laughs> A senior living uh, apartment complex and is independent living. Uh, Bethlehem's Pioneer Place, and we're real proud of that. It's a $20 million, 19 point some odd million dollar project. So I've been able to be a part of that end. Uh, I serve with the uh, Texas Commission on Law Enforcement, uh, which uh, is is uh, an advisory group. I work here in Mansfield. I've worked with uh, our Chief Aaron as well as Chief Nooncaster back in the day, God rest his soul. Uh, so I've had the opportunity to see several sides of the city that you just don't really um, advertise. Uh, I appreciate our mayor and, and and thumbs up to him. I appreciate our mayor who, and, and Andy Wynn, even our present uh, commissioner who has, they saw fit to appoint me to several boards that have represented uh, the city of Mansfield. So, um, you know, I, I, I kind of like, like to say that I'm, I'm a cheerleader yeah. for the city, and I like that. In addition to not only school board and a couple of council races uh, and, and the mayor's race, there are also seven propositions on the count. Ah, on, yes. on, and undoubtedly, uh, you as a, a mayoral candidate, you've had a chance to review yeah. those propositions. Which uh, of the propositions do you like and which ones don't you like? You know, uh, thank you for asking me that. You know, I, I can pretty well, as a citizen, I can pretty well live with all of them, but... 
uh, Proposition D. I, I am real bothered by Proposition D, and uh, this is October the 1st, and as you mentioned, uh, people will be uh, listening to this later on. So I ask you to go back to that chamber uh, uh, forum that we had uh, on today, and and myself, and, and there was one other candidate, well, as a matter of fact, three of them, uh, that felt the same way. Proposition D is problematic because it uh, uh, would, would allow, if people vote in favor of it, it would allow a, a simple majority to remove the city uh, city manager versus a super majority. Let me tell you why I think that's problematic. I think it is because, Steve, as you can see now, uh, okay, we're going to have, we're going to have in this particular election cycle, there are going to be two or three new people sitting on that council, right? Okay, and in about a year, we're going to have another uh, couple of people that uh, will be coming off a, a, a council, or if they choose to run, may still be on council. But I want you to hear, though, here's the issue. Uh, we can can accidentally politicize uh, that that city manager's role because when you do not allow the chief executive to do his or her job, it'll be a lady one day. When you don't allow a city manager to do their job, and when they are uh, are being uh, uh, pulled in regard to the strings of politics by said interest group at the time, uh, then that individual won't have uh, the freedom uh, to say yes when it's time to say yes and no when they need to tell us no. I've had the opportunity of working with Vernon Newsom and, and, and Bob Morrison and, and Jim Vashaskas, who is my brother, my friend. And one thing that I know that when we as a board, and even with Tarrant County County, uh, Karen County College with uh, Eugene Giovannini, when, when we hire, and that was, that's our job, same job as the city council. Right. When we hire the chief executive, you trust that person. So, so they don't need me, uh, John Q., John Q. elected guy, uh, who's, uh, you know, I've got a, I've got a master's degree in divinity. I've got a master's degree. I've got a doctorate degree in, in ministry and other things. They don't need me trying to tell them how uh, to do their job. They, my job is to share with him uh, the sentiment of the citizens. That's my job. I'm their advocate. And, and we push and we press. But, but, but anytime you don't allow that executive to do their job, and, and, and all it takes is, is four people That's right. to, to remove them, we could, we could have a city manager literally at every, a new one, at every election cycle. I don't think that you do that. I wouldn't have done that with Vernon Newsom. Well, Vernon wouldn't allow us to do that anyway, you know, <laughs> but, but the law doesn't allow it. If you are a board member, it's against the law uh, to, to mutter in uh, the day-to-day -day staff work, and it should be the same with our city manager. Let them do their job. I don't like this because it looks like, okay, perception. I'm just saying perception. We've got great people on that council. Look forward to working with all of them. It looks like a power grab, uh, uh, and, and I... You know, I'm just going to say we had a candidate to say today that we are going to be moving to a strong mayor system. Yeah. Well, that that's not what the charter says. The charter says that the city manager is the chief executive and um, uh, myself and another person. We kind of pushed back on that because that's not who we are. But if you ha but if that mindset is pervasive amongst the other persons sitting on that council, uh, we might be in some trouble. Well, and how can the mayor become a, a 
a, a strong mayor if they're a volunteer position where you've got the <laughs> the uh, the city manager is a is a salaried position. It's just, they're a staffer. You're 100 percent correct. But again, if you go back uh, to to you know again, I don't want to I don't want to cast any false dispersions. Yeah. If you go back and you listen to uh, the the Mansfield Chamber of Commerce uh, broadcast from October one, you'll see where that came up. Mm-hmm. And you, you you are right. As a matter of fact, I even stated. That's breaking news because I don't know anybody who's going to be a strong mayor and not make any money. I mean, you know, not get paid a salary. And, and we're not in it for that. We're in this because we love Mansfield. And I think that all four candidates are. Don't get me wrong. We just have different viewpoints. And that's not one of them. Back in the interview in, in March, I had asked the question about uh, if the city had received a grant of $10 million, what would you do with that? Uh, no holds bar, whatever you want. And, yes. and you, yes. had, you had a nice answer. Now, it turns out yeah. the city did receive a grant and is spending in the neighborhood of $400,000 from the CARES Act to put free Wi-Fi in the city parks. In your opinion, is that the right use of money? Here I am now with twenty twenty hindsight, okay? And I know that uh, we always talk about, you know, uh, uh, that we're advocates for small business. So we're proponents of small business. My friend, I was a bit uh, troubled by the fact that there are other municipalities uh, in the Metroplex that uh, uh, helped small businesses out. They had a rainy day fund. Mm-hmm. I-, I really believe that dollars should be pushed a put back for a rainy day fund for our small businesses in town. Everyone did not receive the PPP. Yeah, <laughs> you're one of them. My so, hand went up. Yeah, yes. So, so I, I, I would, I would put uh, those dollars there. Now, let me tell you, I'm not, I am not anti-technology. But you know what we have now? We as individual citizens, for the most part, uh, we we now can buy the little hotspots ourselves. I mean, we have them in our iPhones and in our Android phones. I'm not knocking it. I think it was a great idea prior to the pandemic. But what the pandemic did was it helped us to see that we have some holes and some gaps. And I think that those small businesses needed to be propped up. And I think that we've got a chance to do it. And we can still do it some way, somehow. But I would have used those dollars now to do that there can only be one winner yes if it's not you what's next for michael evans oh i I, listen i've been here 31 years sure Uh, i have stated in public and in private that um, i get to work with uh, one of those uh, uh, marvelous gentlemen i mean you know the person that uh, uh, the citizens would have chosen i'll I'll continue uh, to serve uh, whatever that is if it's you, you know, if, if it's feeding folk, I mean, we'll continue to do that. And it's not just Michael doing it. Uh, it's folks doing it. I'll continue to serve um, uh, with Tarrant County College. Uh, I'll continue to uh, uh, offer my advice and insight uh, with the uh, Texas Commission on Law Enforcement, uh, working with the chief. I'll I'll continue to uh, cheerlead for this city. I mean, hey, uh, it took me a while to actually be able to live here. I didn't move to Mansfield because the taxes were low. I moved to Mansfield because of the way of life. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Who likes high taxes? <laughs> None of us. I'd be crazy. It's political suicide to say otherwise. Uh, I, however, I want to make sure that this is, this is that place where we all want our kids to grow up, and then we want them to be able to come back and to afford housing in order to live here. But, uh, yeah, Mike's got to keep on serving. I love me some Mansfield, Texas. I'm going to mention three topics. Some people say they're controversial. I'll leave that up to you or not. Okay. Um, 
So it's, I'm, I'm just going to throw out a topic and let you run with it. You, you, the first one, you mentioned taxes, property tax. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I pay them, brother. Yeah. Uh, they're high. <laughs> you know, they're high. Um, you know, I appreciate, uh, and I would like to say, the public's push. You know, we, we want to take credit for it. And, 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 you know, I guess all of us can because we've all beat the drum on the need for lower taxes. And so uh, the homestead exemption, that was a good first move. Uh, right now we're at 10%. Uh, I'm in favor of, you know, by the end of this term, it being, you know, and, and, and that might mean a second term, but, but, but by the end of said time, that it would be 20%. I, I think that, uh, in regard to the tax rate, that we want to continue to lower the tax rate. But the only way that we can do that is that we attract, if you would, development, uh, not just industrial. We need diverse development. We need commercial. We need retail. We need restaurants. We need to attract that type of development that will lower the tax burden upon the taxpayer. So, uh, yeah. But now here's something we also need. Here's a reality check that only about 20 or 20, maybe about 20 percent or 25, maybe, maybe of that big tax bill comes from the city. Uh, a lot of that comes from the school district, which which, now I am a homer here, I wouldn't touch. You know why? Why? Because MISD is the best in the state, and I wouldn't touch it. I, I'm sorry, I wouldn't touch it. Now, of course, I'm not on the board anymore, so I'm not running for the board anymore, but um, that's really where the lion's share of our tax bill comes from. And uh, I do think that in this, this year, all that stuff needs to be frozen, uh, a roll back a penny or two, and uh, I believe that there's a move afoot to do that. Number two. Apartments. Ah, apartments. Well, guess what? I think that the previous councils have done our job for us. Yeah. <laughs> you know why? Uh, because uh, we have we have slated, and, and this is public record, uh, we have slated about another 6,900 units mm-hmm. to be built or that is contracted to be built or that's in the building phase before I even take the oath of office, uh, which will give us a number at right at about a little over almost 12,000. Right. Almost 12,000. So on the books. So, so, you know, some of that is baked in. It's, it, it is, Steve. It's baked in. So, um, you know, I, I would say, like others would say, we're going to have to ride those out for a while. But let me tell you what I am in favor of. I am in favor of townhomes for purchase. I am in favor of brownstones. Listen, I have had the opportunity to travel to the East Coast many times. And can you imagine? And well, you don't even have, to, even have to go to the East Coast. You can go to uh, Las Colinas, places like that. Sure. And, and, and the downtown area. See, I still believe that we could, that we can really pump some good life into downtown Mansfield. I still believe that we can, we can clear some buildings, not the old ones, 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 not the old ones. <laughs> But I believe that we can build along that, that downtown. I like to call it the, the main street district. Yeah. And we could, we could have people there who are living there. They, they live there and they play there. And we can do like we do at Villa de la Luca. And I probably said that wrong, but I love the way that you have the shops on the first floor and you got living on the second floor. So we can have small grocers. I mean, you know, I, I think that the opportunities, let me tell you something. I envision in regard to a downtown, I envision Shakespeare in the park on Saturdays or Sundays. I envision you, you, somebody popping their doors open and you're hearing a little jazz, you're hearing a little country music, you know, going into the far best and you, and you got a nice play taking place. 
I still think that downtown Mansfield can be the place to go to, and we need to invest in it. Uh, number three, ready? Yes. Is the council or the mayor ready for term limits? I but- think that three terms is enough. It would be great to have public support behind that. Three terms. I think three is enough. Yeah, three sounds good. Yeah. Michael, how can uh, listeners uh, find out more information about you? Go to evansformansfield.com, evansformansfield.com. Go there and you'll learn a little bit about a little guy. And uh, just know that, uh, you know, the the passion that I have for Mansfield, uh, ask anybody who knows me, it's real. And uh, I have been noted as, and I appreciate the nice people who've said it, I've been noted as a bridge builder. Uh, As a matter of fact, those persons I've served on the board with in in prior years, they're serving on this campaign. They're helping me. Even the lady who actually beat me the first time I ever ran uh, for office, and that was Beth Light. Yes. Beth Light is a trooper, and I appreciate her and uh, all that she's doing right now. So I'm happy and look forward to serving citizens of Mansfield. You've been a treat, not only back in March when you and I talked, but you've, you've been a, a, an absolute pleasure to have back on on, on About Mansfield, and, and I, I sure appreciate it. Good luck on November 3rd. See what happens. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Philip Washington, Jr., and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo. As Campaign 2020 in Mansfield continues here on the podcast, we are uh, featuring in-studio interviews today with mayoral candidates, and uh, this gentleman is uh, uh, fits into that category. Welcoming Terry Moore to the studio today. Welcome, Terry. Good morning, Steve. Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure to have you in studio, and uh, we're going to talk for about the next 20 minutes. Um, first of all, Welcome to our new studios. Very pretty. <laughs> Very glamorous. There's, there's nothing on the walls yet, but uh, but there will be. A lot of imagination. Yes. For those who uh, don't know Terry Moore, we, we interviewed a lot of the candidates back in March in anticipation of the May election. The May election obviously was postponed to November. Uh, we didn't get to talk to you back in March. And uh, so those who don't know Terry Moore, it's a two-part question. First of all, introduce yourself to the audience and why are you running for mayor? So my name is Terry Moore. I'm a 22-year resident of Mansfield, Texas. My wife, Anita, and I made a decision back in the late 90s to move from Arlington. Uh, we wanted to find a, a, a home long-term for our family. Uh, we had uh, two children at that time. Uh, we were looking for a uh, phenomenal school district and a great community. And Ultimately made the decision to move to Mansfield. So, um, been here for, like I said, 22 years and it's just been an incredible decision and an incredible journey. Um, I sell life support equipment that's used for cardiovascular operations as well as life support in the event of organ failure. Um, some of the products that we sell actually will keep you alive if you get COVID. So, um, you know, in March when this hit, things kind of slowed down a bit because hospitals didn't want outsiders coming in. Um, so I spent about two months working out of my house at home and been back at it since May um, and been working professionally and also trying to campaign for the mayor's race. So I don't know if that answers your question, Steve. I've got three kids. Uh, we went to a gender reveal on Saturday night. And I've got a, a funny sense of humor. Uh, no trees were burned Excellent. at our gender reveal. <laughs> uh, no forests were damaged. Uh, it was done at a, a restaurant. And our oldest son, Sam, 
and his wonderful wife, Anna. Uh, we, we had kind of a little game we played to determine what the sex was, and it turns out that they are going to have a son. So we're really excited about that. I didn't think being a grandparent would ever come, but it's, it's finally here. Well, congratulations. Yes, thank you very much, Steve. Your leadership resume is quite long. If you can maybe touch on some of the highlights that you've, uh, you've done here in Mansfield. Well, and you classified it as a leadership resume. I volunteered extensively. I just think that's really critical. We're very fortunate, um, done well financially, um, and have some opportunities from elected positions as well as we volunteer extensively in the community. So from elected positions, I served on the school board from 2005 uh, to 2016, um, nine years, just had a, a great experience doing that. Uh, school district is very critical in, in Mansfield um, and wanted to be able to give back in whatever way we could. And think we did a really good job while on the school board at that time. I was elected to city council three years ago, a little more than three years ago. Uh, that was something that I decided I wanted to do when I left the school board. Uh, felt my personality and my demeanor was more suited to uh, city council. I volunteered. My wife and I both volunteer extensively in town. We are part of the Mansfield Cares board that built the Caring Place Clinic, as well as the food bank out on the west side of town. Um, we left that for a couple of years, and we've come back. Um, I've started five, uh, no, three dads clubs in Mansfield, Texas. I was going to mention, that's how we met. Yes. Was uh, you and I served on the Mary Orr Dads Club. Yes. You were on the, uh, you were on the school board at that time. And so we had a Halloween event in which we needed costumes. Um, Alma Martinez is the, the principal. Love, love Alma her. Martinez. Incredible What's lady. What's not to love about uh, Alma just Martinez? Just amazing. But uh, I wanted to do something really good for the kids. So I made a SpongeBob SquarePants uh, outfit um, um, costume that would fit someone of my stature. And, of course, you couldn't see who and what I was, but I've got this picture in my office of Alma Martinez kissing SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, <laughs> and it was a blast with the kids. So th that stuff was a lot of fun. We were very involved with our kids and all that they did. You've met your opponents. You said uh, some of your opponents are friends of yours. Yes. Uh, what makes you different from your opponents? Well, let me just start by saying I consider all of them to be my friends. Sure. I've known Brent Newsom for a very long time. I served with Pastor Evans on the school board. Um, I was, like I said, on there for nine years. Uh, and I've gotten to know George Fassett since uh, he signed up to run for city council so uh, or as mayor. Um, and both are fine men. Um I am different. Um, I'm really straightforward. I'm extremely honest, maybe a little too much sometimes. I don't pander. I say what I think. If you ask me a question, I'm going to answer you. Um, it gets me in trouble sometimes, but I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. So um, that coupled with uh, the tenure on the school board and I think the tenure on the council would allow me to hit the ground running as a mayor rather than that normal learning curve that might occur. The council's mostly real estate development. I don't think it should be. I think we should change from that. But that's how it is currently. I'd say we're probably 90% uh, real estate development. And, and, and change to what? Well, change to a better mix. Sure. I think there's some things that we can do to our ordinances, to our zoning, that will take some of that decision-making in regard to real estate out of the council's hands. 
Um, some would say that might make it a little less political. Don't know. Um, but put it into the hands of the experts that that's what they do every day. Um, the majority of what the council does is plan developments. Um, our director of planning said in the last six months, the intent of a plan development is to deliver higher quality to the city in a real estate development. And our planning director said, we're not achieving that goal. Um, it's in public session. You can go back and look on it on video. Uh, I think we need to uh, let other people make those decisions. As mayor, what, uh, what, what kind of changes would you like to see in Mansfield? First and foremost, a vision. Sure. I think that's critical. I mean, we all love this community. Um, we, we feel very proud to live here. But I think we need to define who we are and where we want to go. And with that, it would help us set up a plan to build the future Mansfield, to, to attract the housing that our citizens want, to attract the retail and commercial that our citizens want. As you drive around our community, you'll see maybe some things missing that we drive to Arlington or somewhere else for. Developers will tell you that we don't have the number of households that we need to merit the construction of those. I disagree. I think that we can put together uh, an idea of what we want to be moving forward and to work with our partners within the city, the MEDC, city staff, uh, the council, and others to go out and attract that commercial and retail that we want and desire so much in this city. So we're going to get a Costco? I'd love the idea of a Costco, okay? So I'm smart enough to not commit, yeah. undersell and over-deliver. Sure. Costco would be on the top of my list. Um, anything Papa's would be on the top of my Papa's. list. Papa's, Papacitos. I think those are all things that we should have in Mansfield, Texas. Where are some of your places, uh, favorite places to uh, spend your, your free time in Mansfield? Uh, Dog park. The dog park. Yes. Yeah, so nice. we are frequent flyers at the dog park. Um, we picked up a new dog in February. His name is Rudder. He's uh, 75 pounds of... I met Rudder. Yes. I, I, I was at the dog park uh, doing interviews okay. on the first day it opened. Well, Interesting. Uh, you were there for the ribbon cutting, and then, okay. and then I went the next day. So it's a great place. If you haven't been there, you need to go. There's four paddocks, two small dog, two large dog. You can take your dogs off the leash, let them run. It teaches them socialization. And with with a dog, he's only nine months old. He's growing right and left, and it wears them out. And that's good. So we can take him back home, and he can take a nap for a few hours. Um, we frequent a lot of restaurants in Mansfield. I'll tell you, El Primo's is one of the ones we go to, but we go to an array of them. Mm-hmm. Cotton Patch. Um, we were at Stevens Garden Grill last week. Um, so we go to a lot of the restaurants in Mansfield. So Excellent. Yeah, and the parks especially. Your voting record, I don't have specifics on this, but you tend to vote no a lot. What are some of the significant things that you're voting no on? So I saw this. A friend took a screenshot of something on Facebook. I don't spend a lot of time on social media. And it was a citizen that said that Terry Moore seems to vote no all the time. And that's not accurate. I would tell you that I vote with the council probably 85% of the time. Where I vote no is something to where I have a fundamental belief that it's not in the best interest of Mansfield or especially the citizens of Mansfield. So we've had quite a few apartment projects come to us in the last 18 months, mm-hmm. and I have voted no on each and every one of those. Um, and I do it because 
I think we have adequate inventory on the ground. Plus, we have adequate inventory that's already been zoned for apartment qualifications and that we don't need any more at this time. So I vote no on that. Uh, I recently voted no on a couple charter amendments. Um, I'm a fan of term limits. Um, I believe that we as council people should be limited to three terms. In addition to that, um, there was some other parts of it. Um, so while it is state law in regard to our ethics component of the charter, I disagree that I should be able to vote on something where I have a financial interest in it. I don't think I should ever vote on anything that I have a financial interest. So while that is the state law and that is the current practice, I disagree with that and feel that we should live to a higher standard. You hit three of my topics right there in the in, in, in that one paragraph with uh, apartments and uh, term limits. I was gonna. I kid you not. Right there. I'm gonna. I, I, I believe you. I'm gonna. And he didn't tell me beforehand. No. I we did. We talked for a while off we mic, did. but we did not talk about term limits. Sure. A great amount of money was spent, or is going to be spent, on free Wi-Fi in the parks. Are you in favor of that? Did yes, you, I voted for it. You voted for it. You and did not vote no. I did not vote no. <laughs> no. So all of a sudden, I wanted to be careful in the words that I used. Uh-huh. This became an issue last week during the chamber forum in which two of the candidates basically stated that this might not be the best way to spend money. But this is CARES Act money. Right. And please let me explain that. That was a program put in place by the federal government as a result of COVID. It's economic stimulus. And the city was offered a quantity of money. I think the number was $3 million to basically go out and do something infrastructure-wise that would benefit our citizens and our city. Um, I don't want to be flippant and call it free money. I'm a financial conservative. But the way that program was set up, and this is one of the things I don't care for, is if we didn't spend that money in our community, it would simply go to another community. So if it's going to be offered to us versus somebody else, I'm going to stand up and say, hey, this needs to come here. So our city staff researched what we thought we could use the money for productively in Mansfield, and I think they made an excellent recommendation on adding Wi-Fi to our city parks. Other cities around the Metroplex have that service. And the added benefit here is we were fairly strategic in the parks that we put it in. We did not put it in every park, okay? I believe the number is six. But that Wi-Fi component allows some without Wi-Fi at home to basically sit in the parking lot so that their kids might be able to use the Wi-Fi for school lessons, okay? So I think our citizens are going to enjoy the ability to have Wi-Fi in some of the major parks in Mansfield. Let's talk about those three topics now. Um, property tax. Yes. The city's moving in the right direction? Yes, they are. There have been discussions also about an additional 10% homestead exemption with next year's budget. So that will be up to the next council to actually make that happen. We're allowed up to a 20% homestead exemption, and that would basically bring us up to that 20% level. The two-cent reduction is something that basically benefits our businesses in Mansfield as well. So that was... Basically brought up by city staff, okay? And I think that was something really well done on their part. 
Um, so in the short term, now, yes, I think we've done a really good job. Are there other things that we can do? We should always be looking at our expenses. We should always be evaluating every dime that we spend in this city and looking for ways that we can spend more efficiently, reduce the cost of operating our city, and just running the most efficient government that we can. Um, there's things that we should never cut. Um, fire, police, city services, uh, we need to maintain those. And staff has assured us with the changes that we've implemented this year that none of those would be cut. So, again, I think we should always be evaluating whatever we can do to provide the relief that we can. But I'm going to take this as an opportunity. When I went on the council a little more than three years ago, I sat down with Mr. Chandler, and I asked him why we don't do bond projects in Mansfield, Texas. And the why is not as important as bond projects are important. So let me explain. Um, I think we can further reduce our tax rate in Mansfield if we will shift how we pay for capital projects. Right now, all capital projects, roadways, fire stations, police stations, um, whatever infrastructure we do in this town is paid from the general revenue fund. That's your home tax dollars, your property taxes. And if we start to shift... I think we should do a total conversion to where we do that by bond packages that we put together, take to the citizens and say, we'd like to do a roadway bond package. We're behind in the development of our roads in this city, and it's because we pay for them out of general revenue funds. There's just so much money you have each year to be able to rebuild a broad street, to put in a Daymar. If we get our tax rate right with the citizens, that means a reduction over what we have now, and we build the trust of the citizens, I think that we can put together a roadway bond project. I think we can put together a public safety bond project. That means fire and police. And present them, if it's the right package done in the right way, present them to the citizens and let y'all, the voters, and I'm one too, vote on that, either up or down. And I think that's how we ought to be funding the operation of our city. If elected as mayor, how transparent will you be with your uh, with your constituents? Transparency brings accountability, and I'm all about accountability. If I make a mistake, I'm going to be the first one to admit it. And by us being transparent in everything we do, it's a check and balance in what we do. You have the ability to say, you guys aren't doing it right. You have the ability to say, you're doing a great job, and give us the feedback that we need to plot the future direction of this city. So this goes back to your saying, you don't spend a whole lot of time on Facebook. And so as mayor you'll be able to update people and give people an idea of what's going on. So I will make that commitment to spend more time on social media. (laughs) We have a councilman that puts out a a summary after each and every meeting. Yes, he he comes into the studio and also voices one for us. Fantastic. And I applaud him for doing that, okay? Um, So I'm a pretty busy guy, and that's not an excuse, Mm -hmm. but, but that's so important that as mayor... We need to do it. So whether it would be me doing it personally or the city doing it, it should be factual information, okay? Um, I will I will commit that we will do that moving forward one way or the other. And if there's something I don't agree with, I'm going to tell you because I do vote no periodically, and I vote no for reasons, and I will defend every no vote I've made, and, and I will share with you why I voted the way I did so you won't have to speculate about it. One of the topics, we, we already touched on it with, with term limits. So I, I'm going to move that topic to 
where I came from before moving to Texas was the city that I lived in was split into seven districts. And so every council member not only represented their own district, they lived in their own district. So you had diversity on the, on, you had the Hispanic council person, you had the African-American council person. Would you be in favor of dividing the city up into districts? And- so I'll tell you that when we were going through our charter revisions, I also brought up that we set up districts. Okay. And that was not met with any acceptance from anybody other than me. So let me explain maybe why and why I did what I did. As you're running for a council position, a mayor's position, you're hopefully talking to a whole bunch of people. And I'm astounded to hear people on the east side say they're not represented. I'm astounded to hear people on the west side say they're not represented. My job as an at-large council person is to represent everybody in this city. And I will tell you that I've been involved in decisions in various parts of this city that have benefited the residents of that part of town, okay? So if if I'm not reaching out to each and every part of the city, every group, every demographic, then you should fire me. And I will tell you example after example of how I have done that. I opposed the $2.3 million distribution center along Highway 360 on the east side of town. That first vote was six to one. Okay. That second vote was five to two. We ultimately turned it down, but that's not what we need on our freeways in Mansfield, Texas. We have an industrial district that that would fit in phenomenally well. When I was running for council in 2017 and we were at a forum at Bethlehem Baptist, one of the, one of the citizens in the audience said, what are you going to do to bring gas to the west side of Mansfield? And I said, what do you mean? And she said, we don't have gas out here on the west side. We have to use propane tanks. And I was shocked. And I turned to another councilman that was running that year that had been on the council for a period of time, and I said, is this true? And he said, yes, it is. How is it the west side of Mansfield doesn't have a gas line? It's just ridiculous. So when Clayton Snodgrass came to Mansfield with his, and I'm going to get the name wrong, Lone Oak Division out off of Broad on the west side of town, one of the first things I asked him was, did he have any influence? Would he be willing to help us work with a utility provider to bring a gas line down Broad Street to be able to service the west side of town? And he said, yes. Okay, so we should be representing everybody so that everybody has a fair shake in this town and has what everybody else has. The mayor's race has four candidates. Undoubtedly, it will come to a runoff. If you were in the runoff, who would you like your opponent to be? You know, I'm the guy that says don't ever ask me a question that you don't want the answer to. So for me to give a softball answer here would defy that. Um, I would tell you that I would like for it to be Pastor Michael Evans. And that's not because I think I can beat Pastor Michael Evans. Um, I just think that we are the two best qualified candidates for mayor. Honest to God. If someone wanted more information about Terry Moore, where can they find it? So I have a Facebook page called More for Mansfield. And then I have a website called moreformansfield.com. And you can call me at any time. I'll always publish my cell phone number, 817-832-0123. They gave me the simple one. You've been a friend for many years, and I appreciate you coming on about Mansfield. Thank you. It means a lot to me. Good luck on November 3rd. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back. 
Congratulations to Hillary Brown, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. What year did the Mansfield Historical Museum open? According to their website, the museum opened its doors in 2003. Hillary has won a $25 gift card to Pord. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Pord, the wine bar, featuring wine, beer, and bubbly, and an extended food menu in a relaxed atmosphere. Check them out on the web at PouredTX.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, fishing is available at several Mansfield parks and open to the public year-round during regular park hours. Those who are casting a line over the age of 17 must carry a valid Texas fishing license. This week's trivia question is... How much does an annual freshwater fishing license cost for a Mansfield resident under the age of 65? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, how much does an annual freshwater fishing license cost for a Mansfield resident under 65 years of age? Good luck, and thanks to Carol at Pord for the gift card. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, it's our usual array of news, talk, and information. And we will also talk with a couple of guests in studio about a small university making big waves in the area. The show will be released on Wednesday, October 28th. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already, so you never miss an episode. It's free, and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacy Main and Dennis Webb. Home Improvement Feature, Terry Radswin. Sports, Tommy Cummings. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. Thanks for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. Mansfield.